the indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of, from getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome, we've become a force to reckon with. Now, after years of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place we're sowing the seeds of a better way. A way with more ease, abundance, and flow. Get ready to learn about indie authorship from a whole new perspective. We're about to cover everything from releasing your poverty mentality to manifesting your millionaire author destiny. I'm Carissa Andrews, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Well, hi there, guys. Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I'm going to caveat this episode with, it might seem like it's a long episode, but hang on to your hats. It is hilarious. Like through the entire podcast interview, as I was getting it prepped and ready for you, I was giggling to myself the entire time because as you will find out, today's guest is nothing if not absolutely a bundle of hilarity. She is wonderful at twisting words and making things so funny and self-deprecating at times that you will just be giggling the entire time while actually learning some very valuable insights about what it means to be an author and what the history of authorship has looked like even. She's very sneaky that way. <laughs> she, she can slip in some very, very powerful details in the middle of all the humor. Yes, that's right, my friends. My guest this week is Kristen Lamb. She is blogger extraordinaire, the owner and creator of the Wanna Tribe, which is the acronym for We Are Not Alone. And I'm so excited because when I first met Kristen, it was like one of those things from afar. Like I think I was on Twitter back in the day when I was first starting out as a writer. That's when I met Colin. Like I was talking with all the different people, just sharing insights and learning things. And so I started following Kristen's blog back in like 2010, right? And so I've been kind of on the the sidelines watching and doing things as we go. And then and then I go to Idaho, right? The Idaho Writers Conference. And Kristen is there and she came up to me and had that wonderful, funny conversation. And if you have listened to this podcast for a little while, you know the conversation. I'm not going to relay it again now because we actually talk about it in the podcast interview that you're going to be listening to. But she is just an absolute hoot. I love her sense of humor. I love the way that she looks at the world and the amount of passion she has for wanting things to be not only good, but equal or better for all people. Like She has a huge passion for making sure that writers get paid what they deserve, what they're worth. And that's something she and I both share, because I really do feel that creatives need to be honored. They need to be given more monetary gain, monetary support for the things that we create, because you can't look anywhere, anywhere without seeing a story. It's a brand story. It's a story structure for a movie or a show. People are enamored by stories. And we authors, we writers are the ones that do it. And so I hope you enjoy this podcast interview as much as I I did listening to it, uh, obviously being involved in it the first time. Kristen is just an amazing, big-hearted person, and I love her sense of humor and her take on the world, and I know that you're going to as well. So without further ado, let's get into it, because this one you're going to want to listen to for a while. It's so good. 
Well, hey, Kristen, welcome to the Author Revolution podcast. I'm so excited to have you on this show. I've mentioned in the in the introduction how like you came into my sphere. It's been a long time because I actually followed you way back in the day. And uh, we obviously came back into connection when we were at Idaho. And I was just wondering if you, before we get started, could fill my audience in a little bit on who you are and what you do. <laughs> Loaded question, right? You have? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> All the things. Well, yeah. I started out, obviously, I wanted to be a novelist. And I wrote my first novel. This was pre-internet and where you had lots of experts that you could actually reach out to and ask questions. And I wrote my first novel. It was 187,000 words long. Wow. And I thought, well, that should be long enough. The end. <laughs> right. And it had right. romance and comedy and drama and action. It had everything but a plot. Oh, nice. And I still remember my first writer's meeting because I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't really want to show up because I didn't want to make him jealous with like my natural talent, you know, because <laughs> I didn't want to make him feel bad. Right, and right. so I hand out my pages and I'm expecting this one thing and I get it back and I'm like, oh, Jesus wept. <laughs> there was no white space left. And back then they gave no figs about your feelings. It was all red pen. Nice. And I was just like, it was like, um, so we have a comment about your plot. Hate it. Uh, your characters <laughs> hate them. You're good at everything except for sentences and words. <laughs> And so I sat in my Honda Civic and I just bust out crying because I left my day job in sales to which my grandparents who raised me heard blah, 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 writer, blah, joining cult, blah, blah, throwing away <laughs> college degree. And I'm like, I've got to make this work. And I'm thinking I'm brilliant. Like, I'm willing to say the stuff that no one else is because I have no shame. Um, I remember <laughs> querying agents and like be worried about simultaneous submissions. Cause what if I had to choose and they were fighting and it would be really awkward at parties in New York. Yes, I was <laughs> that person. Love it. <laughs> so I joined a writing group, learned how much I did not know. Cause I was too stupid to know what I didn't know. And then I finally get this 187,000 word tome kind of under control. And I go to my first writer's conferences where I met my first mentor, who was a Green Beret, and he was like, uh, yeah, this is great, except for you don't have a plot. Oh, okay, so I can fix, no, you can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started stalking him because I knew it was coming around the corner because I had pitched a book on Facebook because I was like, social media has just been opened up to the public. Sure. This is going to change the entire world. Like, governments are going to shift everything that we do is going to fundamentally shift on its axis and the agent from new york told me that facebook was a fad and so was the internet <laughs> <laughs> he ran away from me three years later anyway um weird <laughs> wonder why so i stalked my new york times best friends well in my mind <laughs> and i said okay i will figure out i'll teach you social media and i'll build your platform if you teach me how to write and okay. I joked that my writer's journey was the uh, Kill Bill 2 version. <laughs> Not a lot of mentoring, more like just making me go up and down a mountain with water and then pushing me over and telling me to do it again. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Bob didn't call me by my name for three years. <laughs> okay. He published my first two books and he never called me Kristen until one day I get this email <laughs> and he calls me Kristen. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? And, he says he gave me one of my first keynotes, which was on Whitby Island up in Seattle. Love it. But 
but you know, it, it worked for me. It isn't for everybody, but I, <laughs> I had way too much ego and way too much know-how <laughs> and I really kind of needed, you know, you're a lot of us writers, not all of us. We also have crushing self-doubt, but some of us we've been told our whole life, like you make A's on paper. So obviously that five page essay naturally translates into a Harry Potter series. I mean, come on. Obviously. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> you can barely tell the difference between that essay and you know the Harry Potter series. And so I hadn't, in my defense back then, though, we didn't have stuff like what you're bringing to the world. Like, right. We really didn't. I yeah. had to guess how stupid you were and hope you were close. <laughs> right. Right. And well, like, follow everybody that, on like, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And in the face of that, like, I, you know, I had to have kind of this stupid overconfidence because I committed to it. And that really hit me when I was crying in my Honda Civic, wiping my face with Taco Bell napkins because I hadn't eaten <laughs> anything that didn't cost 99 cents in the past year. Right. Um, and I, I got to make this work. So I took a job as a technical writer, which I'd rather be thrown in traffic than do that, but it pays well. <laughs> and so I just started blogging because I wasn't very disciplined. I remember thinking, if I could just be one of those people that writes like 500 words a day, like then I'll have made it or a thousand words a day. And now I'm like, when I get off on an idea, I actually have a ceiling. I have to stop because it'll hurt my hands. Right. Blogging, yeah. blogging, blogging, <laughs> train your speed and your discipline. So I know I'm taking the long way around this, but it's such a crazy journey. So I get my first two books through uh, my mentor because New York wasn't going to touch him. Sure. And then my third book, I got an amazing agent in New York, Diana Gabaldon's agent, actually. I was wow. actually like, yes, Russ Galen is my agent. And Love he loved Rise of the Machines. And he was like, okay, things are going to happen really quickly. I need you to be ready because contracts are going to be signed. Chickens are going to be sacrificed. Your gods are going to be <laughs> spoken to with chicken bones, whatever. He didn't say that, but I'm saying he did. Anyway, <laughs> six months later, I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, you're the tip of the spear. I'm like, but New York's making all their authors use it and they're doing it badly. Right. So long story short, I just kept, you know, teaching craft, you know, doing all my forecasting for the in for the industry because, you know, people are wanting to know what's going on. Like we started out with a big six borders and Barnes and Noble. Then we were down to just Barnes and Noble. Then we were down to the spiffy five. Then the not so spiffy four. And, it, and so. <laughs> I was mixing business analysis with the publishing industry, with craft, with social media. Because I figured eventually, you know, my passion is fiction, but eventually I figured there's probably going to be a part where people are going to kind of know how to use Facebook. Right. And when you go get Rise of the Machines, because it's still relevant, like I don't teach you marketing per se. I teach you neuroscience and why people buy books. Love it. So it's kind of an opposite approach to it. Like, Instead of the science of sales, it's the science of why people buy. Yeah. So that's why it's still relevant even today. But if you go look it up, sorry for pitching my book, but no, it's, it's all 10 good. years old. Um, that's why you're here. <laughs> on the cover, yes, I had few goals in life. One was to be a published author, and the second was to be a cyborg. It is me on the cover. I'm not telling you which half. So nice. Like, nice. And I called it Rise of the Machines. And the reason is because nowadays I would get slayed over a cover like that. But I kid you guys not, back in 2012, if I mentioned email to writers, they were like throwing holy water at me. You know, the power <laughs> of the yes. you know, Kathy behind me, Satan. 
You know, they can use email, let alone social media. They're like, I have to write books and do social media. I'm like, well, yeah, it's kind of better than that 96% failure, right? But you know, you do yeah. you boo. And so I had I I deliberately put kind of a fiction looking cover on it because I wanted it to look misshelved. Okay. Yeah, I was I was totally gaming you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I knew I was gonna be up against all these other books that were like marketing for writers. You know, right. business for writers. It's like, you know, might as well call it how to turn a writer into a cutter in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, we'll have this fun cover, really fun book with a lot of humor in it. You know, I did all the dumb stuff, so you don't have to. That wouldn't fit on the cover as a title. <laughs> <laughs> but, What's inside um, somewhere? And then I lived my dream and I wrote uh, my first novel, The Devil's Dance. And I've done ghostwriting for celebrities since then. That's why I can say, like, I've written all these books. I can't necessarily tell you which ones. So I've gotten, pay I've gotten paid to write uh, ghostwrite for celebrities. Uh, I was a feature writer for a really fancy magazine that I only went like, to the top CEOs in the world. Wow. So basically, that's why I was saying at the conference that we're actually the oldest profession. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. We're like, oh, you have a job? And it pays. I'm so there. <laughs> <laughs> I just have I have a few dreams left. I want to write fortune cookies. Nice. Because I'm like, uh, dang it, stop giving me lecture cookies and statement cookies. I want a freaking fortune cookie. I want you to speak life or at least right. make them funny. Like, don't look behind you. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't drive home. <laughs> You need to make your own line of fortune cookies now, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> or what are you any... looked at li lipsticks and nail polish and wine. Yeah. Like I buy lipsticks that I'm just like, I don't even really like the color, but I love the name of it. Asphyxia. Right? I'm so in. Right. <laughs> when I was Can in graphic talk? design school, I, I thought the same thing where it was like, I wanted things to look different. And I created a wine bottle that was like screaming banshee wine, like because we had to create a wine bottle. And it's like, I'm, I'm still gonna doing these boring ones. So I have like a screaming chick on the thing and it was called screaming banshee wine. <laughs> yeah. You see, put me in for a case right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of what makes, I don't know if it makes me different or unique or unique is just a special word for special. Um, because <laughs> I've kind of covered, <laughs> covered the gambit and I, I really tried really hard over the years to at least give you guys a sense of humor, you know, that I don't always blog where I'm up funny Kristen, like a couple, a couple of my blogs are like, is she, I would mainline cookie dough, but it keeps getting stuck in the needle, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I try to be real and go, you know, especially if you're in this for the long haul, it can't just always be that that's yeah. unrealistic. And if you expect that you're not going to last, Absolutely. you're going to have to have a sense of humor. I mean, I finally had my dream <laughs> of my first novel being published. This is after years of teaching you guys how to do it. And the publisher, and I know it was an accident, but a lot, you know, it was my ego writing on this. And I'm telling everybody about it. My grandparents, you know, everybody that said I couldn't do it. They formatted and released the unedited version. Oh, no. Cause I'm throwing a launch party and I go and I buy my own book and I open it up. And I'm like, that's not how my book opens. That's not how my book opens. That's not how my book opens. Oh no. What the, but you know what, because of the way I teach to build platforms, I had the most, it, it was horrible. 
but I had the most amazing experience because the people who follow me for whatever reason, other than maybe they feel sorry for me, they genuinely love me. And I was bombarded with emails from writers going, I will take off work and I will help you edit this. Oh my goodness. Or people who were professional editors who were like, Kristen, I don't care. I I can get it done in 72 hours if I don't sleep and I don't eat and I don't pee. (laughs) And I'm like, I so love you. Um, And sure, except for you don't have to do that because it is edited. It's just some poor little intern got the wrong one. Yeah, So, But it was so fantastic that because people cared about me as a person from knowing me through my platform, I could have just as easily gotten buried in one star reviews. But because I had that relationship there, it was a totally different outcome. Now, it'd be awesome if that's always the outcome. Not that I plan on publishing any more (laughs) typo written uh, novels, but I do remember I got my first bad review and he was very thoughtful, you know, about what he thought about the story. And then he's like, but I had to just, I think he gave me one or two stars. Uh, He's like, it's so sad because this is a good book, but the typos and the grammar errors are just terrible which is weird because I'm a clean writer. And I know you're never supposed to talk back, but I replied to him and I said, you know what? Thank you. This is my very first review on a fiction and I teach fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, but you gave it such a thoughtful analysis. And if I had to have a first bad review, I am really glad that it was yours. And just for the record, this was not the final draft. So if you will go reload it, you will actually see that I do know how to spell. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he, he went back and adjusted the stars, but it was just really sweet that, you know, I, I think that that's what people miss on the social media, that if you're constantly buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy one, yeah. get one free, buy, 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 you miss out on that platform that's going to be with you years later. Absolutely. And that when that things happen, like <laughs> you found out over the conference, I mean, I got visited by the 19th century for my birthday. I got whooping cough. Right. I went to visit a friend in the hospital. And I always blog and I didn't blog for like eight weeks. I was afraid to actually go back to my own people because I was so embarrassed. I'm like, everybody's going to think I'm a flake. (laughs) And so I wrote this post about rejection and kind of how, you know, here I am over 20 years in and we even have our moments that we're like, I'm a fraud. You know, I went to the conference (laughs) with you. I'm reading everybody's bios. I'm like, I suck. Why do they even have, this must be pity. That they're showing on me and then I get there and like half y'all are like oh my god I've been following your blog since I was a new writer I'm like oh thank awesome. god <laughs> right <laughs> right so I don't even know if I answered the question there just because you're asking for a 20 year history right? yeah. and I was so burned out when I went to the conference because I was like well what does the next leg of this adventure look like because I had really built up the speaking I got to keynote in freaking New Zealand that's amazing. I mean, I want to go back to my fourth, my fifth grade teacher who nailed me for talks too much and doesn't use time wisely <laughs> and go, uh-huh, I got paid, paid to go to New Zealand <laughs> to talk and not use time wisely, to teach other people how to not use time wisely. <laughs> well, I think that's and then really COVID important. hit, like all the speaking went, Poof. and then I did ghostwriting and I'm like, oh, that's really a lot of work. It's a lot of pay, but it's a lot of work. A lot of yep. ego to manage. And so I was really kind of in this, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> when I went to the conference. <laughs> I love it. And you guys, I mean, because this, this, this 
profession, I have words, it really <laughs> is, especially these days, about reinvention. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for those who listen to this, I'm sure you've probably said it before, but when I first started talking about the changes in publishing, I'm like, look, guys, traditional publishing, the last time it changed, it's changed was when the biggest thing in New York news was a fishmonger got hit by the beer wagon. <laughs> <laughs> like they're using the same model they've used for 115 years. Yeah. And even though, and God bless you, traditional publishers out there, because I'm kind of ripping on you right now. But, you know, instead of reading my blog and listening to me, no, they, <laughs> I felt like they were shaking the snow globe of, oh, the good old days and paper books and people are always going to want to browse a bookstore. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not maybe true. no, but some people will, but all five of them, you want to sell to the others. <laughs> and, you know, so, you know, ever since they've kind of gotten with the times a little bit, like. This, you're just going to have to keep learning how to pivot, 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 wearing braces. Heck yes. Yep. <laughs> because you're, you're going to reinvent as a podcaster or a vlogger or a blog. You just speaker. have to do yep. speaker. Well, I want to go back to speaking. They got to open up the venues again. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even then had my eggs kind of all in one basket. Sure. Sure. You know? Which, you know, that was for family reasons. You know, there was only so much I could do. But which for your people out there, that is also okay too. Yes. Your life absolutely. is not always going to be the same as a writer. You know, yeah. You're going to have children and sickness and people who die and people you're taking care of. And you're going to have great times that you have free time. You're going to be screwing off on Twitter instead of doing what you're supposed to. But, you know, it's, yep. Yep. it's like this great big roller coaster that never ends. Right. It really doesn't. It just keeps going. And it does so many weird twists and turns. Like I never anticipated ever becoming a, a writer, um, coach, someone who does podcasting or any of those things. But at the same time, it, it's like looking back at things. I'm now going, I can see why I ended up here, but I never would have thought of it. And all of them still incorporate into who I've become and I wouldn't change any of it. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. It's so crazy. And there's so many things like you have to try stuff to know if you're going to like it or not. Like I would yep. at least say that, like, try it. You know, I do have a best friend and unfortunately she's a, well, fortunately she's a kidney transplant and thank God she's alive. But we had the funniest podcast for a while. It was Bad Friends Forever and it was a horror comedy podcast, but her health had just become so unpredictable. And it's just one of the things that I was glad I did it because I learned how to script it at least. I don't know how to do the tech yet. I'm trying to sucker someone into doing that with me. <laughs> Love it. But, you know, with her, it, it, I have to be someone that has to be on a schedule because mm -hmm. if I see something shiny, then you're going to lose me. But, you know, she must have griped at me for a year. And I was like, no, I give enough stuff away for free. I was very bitter at one point. <laughs> I, was, I was fighting the exposure dollar stuff. Sure. You know, because yeah. I was one of the first people that came out and I was like, you've got to stop paying writers in exposure. If you do not give us actual money, we're going to have yeah. to go get a day job and then you're going to get books written by AI and you deserve every bit of it. Um, I agree with that 100 percent. And yeah. I didn't realize it was going to be so controversial. <laughs> and that's so silly when you think about it. Why is paying people what they're worth controversial? Because people believe, honestly, what we do is easy. Of course, mm. these are ironically the same people that paid us $150 to write that three-page paper because writing was so hard. 
Right. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Um, and there was a lot of, corp- there were a lot of corporations that were really taking advantage per- you're younger than me, but particularly the older generations that we learned, you got exposure because it led to paying jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. because we didn't understand that the paradigm had fundamentally shifted, they were using that against us. And not only were they making hundreds of millions of dollars off of an unpaid workforce, but then they were doing stuff like, well, you can post on your site and you don't even need to change the content and you can post on our site. But for those of you out there who may not understand social media, how SEO works is the bigger content shark wins. So whichever site is producing way more content, that's who's going to get the attention. So not only were they not paying us, not only was it not leading to any work, but then they were cannibalizing our site and our brand at the same time. Right, right. And I went on about a year and a half. I went on the warpath with some really big brands because I was like, and my friend, she's like, Lamb. She never calls me Chris. She's like, Lamb. She's like, is this (laughs) the hill you want to die on? I'm like, yes. Because at least (laughs) a matter of fact, it is paid. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you because, like, even indie authors, like, when I first started in 2010, it was like everybody wanted to just pay like or have like all the free content out there to get people to like just get on their list or if they had a list because like you said yep. there were not a bunch of authors who were into that or 99 cents was their like their diehard thing and no one was earning money being an author with 99 cent books and it was like uh, so many of us just had this mentality that we can't earn from this but yet we want to earn from this and we're trying to like figure out how to all this comes well, together. I mean, we it was were so trying weird. to invent something that had never existed before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you think about everything you and I have been through. It isn't like we had parallel markets that we could look historically and go, we could, you know, it's been a yep. lot of noodle throwing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, throw noodles yep. against the wall, see what works. And even then, it isn't probably going to work all that long. And For I think sure. I even said it in the Rise of the Machines. I'm like, if you've got some marketing guru out there saying, you know, and I don't mean to, talk shade on anyone, but just a caveat emptor, you know, follow my method to sell a million books. Well, that method, I hate to tell you, it's probably already out of date. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see a lot of stuff out there like that. And maybe they do. I mean, I don't know, you know, but I would still be like, Hey, buyer beware with, you know, tossing money at someone because I just want to write. I don't want to do this other stuff. I'm like, well, you know what? I just want to lay around and play video games, but apparently my bill doesn't expect to be paid and my, <laughs> my kid and my husband expect to be fed and it's really hampering my gaming. Right? You know? <laughs> like, how'd you oh, tax this? <gasps> really? It's so fun. Again? The IRS had to come take the fun out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? And even then, like, um, don't get me wrong. I wanted to, for a moment, I had it. I mean, I had Diana Galbazin's agent. Did I mention that? James Rollins was a friend and he got, so I had James Rollins. Love you, Jim, his agent. So for a moment, I had the glory of like, yes, (laughs) I am a New York represented author. And that 55 cents would have not gotten me coffee anymore because that's even outdated. But, you know, it's just, you know, we just about think that we cracked it and then it changes or someone takes advantage of it. Do you remember? Okay, I remember the free book thing. I remember the 99 cent book thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the you need to go get a pen name that's close to like, like, instead of Anne Rice, I'd be like A-N-N-E Rice. <laughs> like they were they were basically creating bad knockoffs. 
Yep. And they were yep. writing in the same genre and had very similar looking covers. Yeah. And I actually met one of these people. And he's like, Kristen, you, you could totally change your name. And I was like, I don't want to get sued. And if I can't make it on my own with my own writing, no. And they, it was hard. I mean, I'm human. I really am. And, you know, when you're seeing writers that were buying sports cars cash with one month royalty, you're like, oh, man, it sucks having morals. <laughs> right? Or like but wanting later to on, do things they- that are creative. I think sometimes some of us are, we are in it because we're really honestly about the writing and not so much about the money at first. And so it, it's hard to marry those two things up where it's like, I have these cool creative ideas and I'm not going to sell myself out for it just to make the money. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think where we are now, the the old paradigm didn't attract the get rich quick people. Yeah. Because there was just no getting rich quick in it. I mean, it was stupid. You might as yeah. well go pan for gold. You probably had a better chance. <laughs> uh, whereas in this new market, especially when you had uh, what was his name? Uh, crap! I wrote about it in one of my books. John. He's the one how I made it, how I sold a million books in six months or something like that. Okay. Yeah. See, we've even forgotten about him, but all these things started coming out of how I made a million dollars selling eBooks. So you started attracting a very different type of person into our industry that had never been there before. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it had been, I mean, because even back in the heyday when you could make money with articles and things like that, you still had to get through gatekeepers and, you know, layers of security. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had like that whole boom with uh, Amanda Hawking and her yep. like rapid releasing scheme, not scheme, but the rapid releasing schedule that she did. And then that kind of transitioned into like the 20 books vibe where um, mm-hmm. Michael Anderle and Craig Martell talked about that and going as fast as possible. And people took that and to the next the level. set thing. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I could almost do like this timeline where you just don't have years. You just have whatever the thing was that was in style at the time. Absolutely. Yep. And I don't know if it's ever going to level out. I guess where I see things going more now is going to be the audio. Sure. Audio and, and in, just, uh, direct sales, I think that they're really kind of become the big thing when it comes to where authors are kind of putting their like creative backing, I guess. You know what I'm I mean? I'm waiting where- for us to become an MLM. <laughs> okay that's the only thing we haven't done yet like we have like one guru personality <laughs> and we still like vitamins and writing workshops nice and you just have to bring people in that want to be a writer <laughs> and then you get you get paid for underneath those people that'd be great yeah, yeah you get paid for the new writers you bring in that you convince you're gonna make a your time's best so oh, if someone runs with this we know where it came from <laughs> <laughs> right and it's probably gonna come from Kristen's blog Everybody yeah, sign it, up. It's starting tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be writing lessons and caffeine supplements. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then for after you're done, we'll give you like free cases of writer's tears whiskey. It'll be great. No, your banshee wine. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> it's just oh, got a picture funny. of an editor with a red pen on it. Yes. That'd be scary enough. Oh, geez. <laughs> I love it. So I don't even know if I answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have, you have in a very roundabout way, but it's wonderful because I'm that's what I love about you. you. Take the country route. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I love about you. I knew, like I wrote down and, and came up with six different questions. I think I was telling you that before we started. And I was like, this is going to go where it's going to go. Cause I already know that. <laughs> so it's like, I have yeah. questions just in case we need them. And if not, then that's totally cool too. I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm kind of like herding chickens, but I, mean, I think most <laughs> writers are, I, I don't know. We kind of break down into 
personality types. It'd be fun to oh, do like sure. a, just a Myers-Briggs writer's personality type. I love it. I love it. No, because <laughs> you can look at people and go, they know how to use Excel. <laughs> you, you are an Enneagram eight, right? The challenge, is that the challenger? Is that the one? I don't know. Cause I don't okay. know if I'm a two or an eight. Cause she said I could be okay. a two, which is the helper. And I just become a tyrant when I don't get my way or I'm just a tyrant, which probably fits. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Hmm. Cause I, I am that. a disruptor. I like I remember yeah. in the beginning, they would tell me you can't do that. I'm like, why? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Can't. Nobody's going to want that. I'm like, okay, well let's try and ask them if they want it or not. Yeah. And 100%. I've been the one kind of known for blogging about the stuff that everybody's seeing and they're afraid to say anything about it. Yep. Like exposure yeah. dollars. See, to me, I, I would say that you probably are more of the, the Enneagram eight then because you like to, to start there, even though you're helping, even though that's part of your, uh, core personality. You like to help as well, but you like yeah. to do it in a way that makes them think. And I think that's awesome. We need more of that because there's so many people that just kind of go along with things and they don't understand why it's not working for them. Well, I remember speaking in New York and again, I'm, I never will speak badly about anybody because they just may not know. They may be at a different process. They may have done something that's worked for a long time and they're not, they're kind of in their own bubble and they're not seeing it isn't working. Cause I went and spoke early on at uh, thriller fest in uh, 2012 and they so. paired me with a very, you know, very prestigious marketer who did, I mean, this woman's amazing. She's doing all the marketing for people who are my heroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, they probably have an invisible airplane and a fortress <laughs> somewhere, you know, so no shade on her. But when I said something about blogging, she's like, she looked at me like I had just suddenly started speaking in tongues. I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, do you mean like Julia and Julia? I'm like, no, like the blog us, like, this is a way that, you know, people get to know you and your voice, because trust me, I write funny stuff, heart, you know, rending stuff. And I write some really dark stuff. Uh, Troy and I are coming out with that anthology. I came up with the title. It's called What the Hell Did I Just Read? Ah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's horror because okay. I'll read this stuff to my mom and she's like, I love it. But God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, so anyway, I was seeing all these possibilities for the blog. And I had to team teach with her because I'm the newbie and I'm trying to be so polite because she's teaching social media and she's like, and you can tweet as your characters. I'm like, yeah, because getting catfished, everybody loves that. Why would I want to talk to people from a book? I don't know. And then I find out they're, then I'm just pissed. And then I started trying to bring up blogging and she's like, well, I recommend that you do book reviews because, yeah, reading it and analyzing a book, it, it, you can just do that in like an hour. And then if you're a decent book reviewer, you've just made every writer hate you. So nothing <laughs> like being in the trenches with people who want to set you on fire. And then she's like, and you can do interviews with your characters. And I'm sitting there going, I'm a pre-published writer. I don't have a book out yet because this is 2012. This is really before Indy was accepted. Right. don't have a book out yet. It, I'm going to convince people to come to my blog where I interview people out of my head about a story that's not even finished yet. How'd that I, go I, for you? I'm sitting there going, did you think this through? <laughs> I'm like, how did that work for you? Yeah. But at the same time, if you look at where she was coming from, she was coming over from all traditional marketing yep. where gimmicky stuff like that actually did well. Mm-hmm. If anyone that was a different era too, were. though, like but pre pre social, like where we really hardcore went into social, we didn't like think like we do now where, where it's like, I can't even imagine. I, I know there are probably people who do really well with that sort of thing, but I, I 
can't even imagine I've never seen it <laughs> right well I mean yeah but they would be people that we would know their work I mean that was kind of my argument sure. is like anybody who's going to be drawn to the blog knows the books and knows the work they've already been sold so yep. why are you trying to resell someone who's already been a sale yeah yeah you know and you know we just had different philosophies I don't like the idea of target your audience because I just kind of envision like a red dot site on me somewhere <laughs> <laughs> nice. a lot of like military target your audience I'm like right that feels mm-hmm. kind of awkward and because I use and it's very hippy dippy which is so not me because I'm so Texan but I'm just like no you want to identify your people and then you yeah. go talk to them like yeah. how do we become best friends when we were kids you like Barbies I like Barbies we're best friends right <laughs> you have a bike, great. I have a bike. we're best friends <laughs> and I'm like if you write fantasy novels why are you blogging self-help? Yeah. Or why are you blogging about writing? Because no reader gives a crap about writing unless we royally screw it up. Yep. They don't yep. care about the react structure unless we botched it. Yep. You know, yep. so I'm like, if you, if you write, you know, fantasy, do what fantasy geeks do. We argue about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or talk about other like fantasy novels you've read or talk about fam- fantasy shows you've watched recently or, or- books, video yeah. games, Dungeons and Dragons. You know, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that geeks have, and we actually cross-pollinate. Because if we argue about Game of Thrones, we're probably going to argue about Star Wars and Star Trek, too. Right. Throw in The Hobbit. You know, I mean, Renaissance festivals. <laughs> Heck yes. I love those. You know, and, you know, that's why in the book, I have a thing that I call your word cloud, which I think you used, someone used a word cloud in their presentation. Mine's different. It's an ingredient okay. label. If you could put an ingredient label on the back of yourself and think of everything that you accounts for who you are then if you do that with as many words as you can think of, I said, now you hold that up and you've got absolutely the most accurate portrait and profile of your reader. I love that. I have a prof. If I have a a word cloud, which is mine, which is like love Xbox gaming, love person, first person shooters, martial arts, um, shooting target, uh, love zombie flicks, love horror. Do you really think I'm writing inspirational, inspirational women's fiction? Yeah, probably not. No. You know, so th- no. those aren't my people. But if yep. I'm, if I have on my work cloud, and I'm not making fun of anybody, it's just not me. But if I have, you know, volunteer work, Doctors Without Borders, Architectural Digest, um, I'm a member of the Museum Club. I volunteer as a docent at the museum. My favorite books are all in the classics. I only listen to classical music. I have those people as family members. Mm-hmm. Is that that's a totally different audience. And yep. if that's what your word cloud looks like, that's who you're looking for. For sure. Absolutely. And then blogging and all that becomes super easy because then you're just having a discussion about your favorite crap. <laughs> I love that. When you've been blogging for so long, I mean, like, I, I think I went back to look at it when it, when I was getting my questions ready and it was like, you started in 2009, right? Does that sound right? Um, technically 2007. Really? Holy yeah. Cow. That one was it in a different location? In Okay. But what happened was, see, we remember I told you we were inventing things as we go along. Yep. Now, back then, it did make sense. All right. Because they said to get the free WordPress, which when it was a minimum of five grand to get a website. And then if you yep. wanted anything changed, you had to wait for your web designer to get out of rehab and <laughs> get on their list. Yes. To pay to get it changed. Or so your the brother. Free one made so much sense. And, you know, when I was sold it, Originally, they said, well, you can transition to the, the, the paid one easily. And that was a pain in the butt. Which you can oh. 
if you don't blog. Ah, see, for me, I, had I originally it. had almost a hundred thousand subscribers. Holy cow. See, for me, I had the same thing. I went through the same experience where I started with the free version of wordpress.com mm-hmm. and I ended up having to like export the whole thing and re re upload it into wordpress.org later on. And yep. that was a pain. They and I got all my, I got all my comments and I had all my content, Yeah, but I easily, well, at first, oh my God. At first I lost, I think almost down to, I only had 12,000 subscribers down from okay. like 90,000. Wow. And That's crazy. I mean, I like to think that they were bots, but I mean, I'm triple <laughs> that now, but you know, I do know that the people that I have as followers now, I mean, these are the people that when I was sick, I was getting text messages. They're like, where are you? My inbox is empty. I haven't gotten a blog from you. Are you alive? <laughs> right. So, and those are really kind of the people that that I encourage, I mean, not that the other marketing stuff isn't great and I don't want to learn how to do some of it, but you know, Kevin Kelly basically said, all you need is a thousand hardcore fans. These are the people that are going to buy everything. They're going to retweet your stuff. They're going to tell friends and family about it. They're going to stop people in bookstores and, and recommend your stuff. All you need is a thousand of those people to make a decent living as a creative professional. A thousand's doable. Yeah, for sure. A thousand. You know, that, is that what started you with around. the blogging aspect of it? Like, is that what kind of your core basis was or what, what inspired you to start the blog then? To start the blog was I was a flake with absolutely no self-discipline. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just trying to get your routine in? Yeah, it was just, it was sitting butt in chair and writing and, sh- okay. and training out my perfectionism. Because if you look at a lot of the, the really prolific authors of the 20th and into the 21st century, a lot of them started out as journalists. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Michael Connolly was a crime writer. Okay. You know, for the LA Times. And, you know, he couldn't wait until the muses visited to, you know, talk about the triple homicide, you know? So I remember starting the blog, you know, with a baby hanging off me and cats on me and I will get the, now I have been, I know you may find this shocking. I tend to go to extremes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. I can't see I it. Know. So I was so afraid of just being this like lazy bum, which I was, I was totally like, I'm not in the mood. The muse hasn't, you know, that nonsense. Yeah. Well, then I just became like this, like blog Nazi, like you will write the blog. <laughs> I'll you send you just the Western front or the Eastern front, whichever one is worse right now. But so I remember one blog in particular, I suddenly started having family members die. And I, I don't mean to shock anyone. I was very blessed with a very large family from Texas. I grew up with all my great aunts and uncles, right? Okay. So they were a part of my life, but they all hit like their eighties and nineties at the same time. Sure. So That's it wasn't how siblings anything, work. Like, traumatic as in we were losing people far before their time, though we were thinking my aunt Iris would see them, you know, at least a hundred. She was close, but I was up with her. She was going to, uh, I felt like, cause I have an ego that she wanted to talk to me before she passed on. And I was up till two o'clock in the morning talking to her and she had wanted to, that's one of my few regrets is she had always wanted to see my fiction in print, which is okay. weird because she was the docent at the museum that always okay. read biographies and fiction was nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but I have all these nonfiction. She's like, yeah, but I wanted to see your fiction. Really? Anyway, she passes away. I get up early the next day cause I must blog on that day. I wrote a blog about editing and I misspelled 
in the freaking header. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say iconic? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get the comments and I'm like, I'm trying here. <laughs> like, okay, here's what's happening in my life right now. <laughs> so after that, I was like, okay, maybe you should like chill out. You don't have to exactly do it on that day. But I had good reason to be concerned knowing, understanding myself the way that I used to be. Because I was that person that if I took a day off, it was very dangerous that I would get derailed. Got it. Yep. So I did at least have enough self-awareness to understand how dangerous me giving myself permission would be. But then it's gotten to the point, it's just pathological. <laughs> so <laughs> we've established I can take a little time off and I'm fine. But, you know, I really was one of those people that just thought you just, you know, went all out and you went in a book and, you know, the first draft of course is the best draft. <laughs> Obviously, Duh. why would anyone <laughs> want to get rid of all that creative genius, right? Yep. But so the long answer to your question is, I think I started in funny story on that. So 2000, this one 2008, and I when okay. I did that transition, yep, it bumped off what the date start date was. But I talked about this in Are You There blog. It's me writer, and uh, that I didn't know the difference between uh, the Google based blogs and WordPress. What's the Google based ones? Oh, geez. I know I never read them because it, to give, to make, to give a comment on them, I have to have like a blood sample and <laughs> letters from three relatives and a horoscope. And I'm like, I am not that motivated to believe. I'm trying to comment. remember what it is too. Cause it's like blogger. Do people... blogger. Oh blogger. yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So blogger and WordPress were initially the big competitors. So I put a blog yep. on both of them. Yep. Right. Cause I wanted to look at functionality. So you're going to get a kick out of this. So blogger, I liked better because it had all these really cool, pretty backgrounds and fonts and all this. Right. So yep. I'm kind of not really paying attention to WordPress pin in that one. So I'm like, so I put up my blog and then I changed the, the background. I go look at it and I change it and I go look at it. And then I look and I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't even told anyone I have a blog and I have 42 people who have read this. So then <laughs> <laughs> you already know where it's going. So I go change the font and I'm like, wait, 43 people, 44. <laughs> <laughs> I was all excited and I was the only one looking at my blog. <laughs> it's like, this blog is so pretty. I'll name it Tiffany. <laughs> change the color. <laughs> and look at all those numbers that keep going up. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, those numbers are slamming. I haven't even told anyone. So now WordPress, I put up my first post on WordPress. Bing, instant comment. I'm like, heck yeah. It was this foreign guy, a kismet. Okay. Yep. I, I, know I, I thought about. it had to be foreign. I'd never heard it before. Yeah. And yep. he was congratulating me on my blog. And so I wrote back and he never wrote back, which was like totally rude. And imagine my horror when I found out that that was the spam filtering feature. I <laughs> 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 trying to talk to him. I'm like, a kismet. What is that? Like foreign? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. I'm not answering you though. However, <laughs> oh, gosh. and then I blogged to the um, you know cheap Xanax and Louis Vuitton bags.com and collegegirlsforyou.com for the next few years, <laughs> and and then I would get these great comments. Like I know that they're porn bots, but I'm like, if I delete them, I won't have any comments. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta leave them there. I love it. I so like your blog. You make many good poinsettias. <laughs> I know it's a bot, but 
And then I blogged long enough to do this discipline thing that I was like, screw it. Because I was like trying to be like all serious, which if you've met me is like funny in itself. <laughs> right? How can so, you, why would you want to be serious? Like what? Well, because I was, you meet, when you go to a writing conference and you meet all the people from like Penguin and all that, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta like wear pants and say ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, you might want to wear pants or at least a skirt or something anyway, but you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> Were you around in the early days with the agent? Uh, when they came down to yeah. Olympus to talk to us mere mortals? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like my first writer's conference, I went to Moonlight Magnolias as a science fiction oh, yeah, author. Mystery. Yeah, um, uh, romance actually, down what in Georgia. No, what? it's romance. And I was like the only science fiction author because at the time I was writing science fiction fantasy. So apparently you're as bright as I am. I'm like mystery. You're like, no romance, even though yeah. I was writing science fiction. <laughs> but I knew that like I, my critique partners at the time. So this was 2011 when I was yeah. uh, down there, th they were both romance writers. And so I was like following along with them and they're like, it's fine. Just come down here and check out what this conference is about. So I talked to all the agents, did all did all the querying thing down there and realized at that time, because that was during that transition of indie versus like trad, like what's got what's gonna go on. I was finally like, I'm just gonna go indie because I'm a control freak. I'm a Virgo. I wanna keep keep the control and, and I'm fine learning stuff. I've been in the the publishing industry for a long time anyway. Yeah. So that was see you were so much more assured than I was, and I'm an Aries, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I conquer that hill. Crap, wrong hill. Never mind. That's the one that I wanted. <laughs> You're an instigator, is what you are. I see. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, Aunt Hill, I'll kick that sucker right over. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's why, like, every time they're like, and then there's the eight, and they're always like the examples they give. I'm like. Okay, suck it. I am Voldemort, but get over it. No Voldemort, <laughs> there's no Harry Potter. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> you know, without Voldemort, Harry Potter's just a weird dude living in a closet, okay? And he wouldn't have been pushed to do anything because he would have been like happy in his like little world. Remember, he's an Enneagram Thank Nine like exactly. I am. Exactly. So he needed he needed Voldemort to push him out of so his comfort zone. The Totally fine. Compares yourself to Voldemort. <laughs> I don't know. I, on Facebook, it has like what your profession is and they think I have like evil overlord nice I love it I do it on LinkedIn too just to piss them off <laughs> in LinkedIn they're also uh, they're always professional. so serious yeah they're so professional I actually question sometimes like when I'm putting social out there I'm like should this post be on there because I pretty much use the word ass like would they care <laughs> you know oh, I'll post stuff like I post yeah. stuff and I'm like I know this doesn't belong on here but I'll put it on there. I'll be like, okay, guys, we're setting the timer for how long it takes for someone to lecture me that this belongs on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I guess business people never like to laugh. Like, Apparently. Come on. Right? That's the only stuff that I, okay, it's mostly the only stuff I post. <laughs> but I told somebody one time, he got really snotty with me and I was like, okay, so you're saying writing isn't a profession? Comedy isn't a profession? Art right. isn't a profession? Like, just because I'm posting something funny that, you know, you do realize movies are a profession, right? Writing is a profession. Comedy is a profession. You know, just because my profession doesn't always involve spreadsheets, it probably should. But <laughs> <laughs> but who who likes having to do that? I mean, oh yeah, my my friend Kate. I, I put something in Excel. I was so excited. She was like, "Lamb, did you put down the salt circle first? I'm like, "No." She's like, "Okay, if California breaks off, we know it's on you." <laughs> yes, right, right. 
there's going to be a seance. There's going to be like some sort of like holy water that needs to be found. I know. I don't know what it is. Like every time I use Excel, (laughs) I got to like relearn it. It just doesn't stay. I can't say it's my favorite thing in the world either. It's yeah. That's Mm. why you make friends with people who love that crap. Okay. That's why. Yep. Guys, my whole thing is we are not alone. Wanna. Right. I love that. That's your tribe, right? You know, because you're going to have some nerdy writer friend who loves Excel. And yep. if you hate Excel, there's probably something they hate doing that because you're the opposite. You love doing. I yep. love coming up with taglines and writing back copy. Love it. Yeah, I could do that for days if you put that <laughs> stuff in a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> you do that part for me, it'll be fine. Quid love pro it. quo, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> Are the lambs still screaming? Yes, she is. She had to use Excel. <laughs> ah! Oh, gosh. Do you think um, blog... So do you think blogs are still relevant these days? Cause I know there's so many people that are like, ah, the blog is dead, but <laughs> they've been I, saying that since 2008 when I started. Right. Right. I feel the like blog if you're has been right- around pre web 2.0. I mean, all a blog is, is it's what we did during caveman times. We either told stories or we shared information. Yep. And I think that people are always going to go to the blog. If it's a good blog, And I know people are like, yeah, but there's so many bloggers. And I challenge them with this. I'll say, okay, so say 75% of people say they want to start a blog. Of that, 5% do. How many did you just drop that number by? Of that 5%, how many of them start blogging and keep blogging longer than six months? Hmm. 5%. Of that number, how many have a good blog? 5%. Of that number, how many keep blogging past a year? Too. And so when you get the longevity in it, you really can juke the numbers in your favor. Like one of the things I want to get into is I would like to get a paywall set up for Patreon. Mm -hmm. And what I would like to do, because I have a decent enough voice is, and also my blogs are stupid long. (laughs) (laughs) They are very long. Well, but I put a lot of funny memes in them and they're yes, shorter than the, and they're shorter than the craft book. You'd have to read to get this information. I'm like the cliff right. notes of all the craft books. Right. But, um, what I thought about doing for like a Patreon kind of as an upgrade is go through and record them. So like if you're doing your dishes or walking or whatever, plotting murder, yeah. you can, ah, plotting murder. <laughs> listen, ah, you can listen as opposed to a lot of people are sitting at a screen mm-hmm. all, all the time. So I think it's always going to be there. I love the blog just because it plays to what a writer's strength should be. Writers write. Yep. It's going to make you write leaner, meaner, faster, and cleaner. Even if nobody reads it, it's easy to put that content, slap it together and put it in a book. And there's your loss leader. That's true too. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's easy to put it in a different format, whether that's on YouTube or Audible. It's very easy to translate it over into an audio format. It's easy to put a paywall. It is the only form of social media that is going to keep paying dividends your entire career. Cause like I'll be on Twitter and like some weird title will go by. I'm like, that's funny. That sounds like something I thought. And I click and I'm like, Oh, I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cause I mean, I got a lot of blogs. Yes, you do. That's so funny. I mean, that sounds like something I, Oh, I did say that. Um, (laughs) And you know, it teaches you to ship. You don't get so married to things, you know, that, uh, you know, new writers are so terrified to put themselves out there. Well, you know what? Go viral with a blog post when you're not popular and that'll get you some rhino skin right there. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Hey, I didn't think writing about paying writers was going to be that com- that contentious, but apparently it was because I got called the C word a lot of times and cute was not that word. 
<laughs> and it was also a CU word, funnily yep. enough, right? Yeah. It wasn't see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe that would have been nicer. Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with, unfortunately, a lot of writers don't understand how the industry works. Like too many people think that when someone's going to a library and checking out a Stephen King book, that that's all free. Right. Well, no, we pay taxes so that we have a library which gives funds for them to negotiate with New York to buy those books from those authors. Those authors have already been paid. So no, I'm not against libraries <laughs> and I'm not against people buying books at bookstores. The crux of the blog really was just, you know, avid readers. And I know this is going to sound terrible. It's may come back to bite me. Avid readers really are not necessarily who we want as a fan. Okay. And I'll tell you why. The reason is, is we're as bad as crack addicts. Like we will sell blood to get the next book and there's only sure. so much you can write. Yep. And we very rarely will stop to write a review because we read all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Who we really want. And that's where blogs come in. that are awesome. Is you want the person who honest to God believes they hate reading and they would never do it unless there was a test at the end or it was required for their job. Okay. Because if you convert that person, they will be evangelical because they will tell everybody far and wide. Normally I hate reading. I hate books, but have you read insert <laughs> Harry Potter, insert Twilight, insert Tuesdays with Maury, insert 50 shades of gray. <clears throat> <laughs> um, you know, and there are people out there and I'm not breeder shaming anyone. I'm teasing. Uh, even though some writers, a little bit of us dies every time we hear that, but uh, you know, the reading <laughs> and they, they don't read any other book, but they have the entire collection of 50 shades on a shelf with their handcuffs and the movies, right? And, you know, go them, they're reading, but you know, I've done ministry stuff with uh, prisoners and their thing that they own is they have all the hard copies of Harry Potter. Okay. Now they'll never read another book. They'll read Harry Potter 75 times. But Fair. they're evangelical. And I'm like, if you could just get a handful of those, that's when you see the breakouts come. Oh, those yeah, are sure. when you get your Twilights, your Hunger Games. Those are your, your runaway dark horses. And it has to do, I mean, it's a shame with reviews because reviews attract two types of people. People that either love the book so much or like, oh, my gosh, it made me lose weight. <laughs> it made my skin glow. <laughs> it doubled my money. Or you get the person who hates you, your dog, you know, it generally will attract those two. And sure. so your, your person who's always uh, buying books is not necessarily the best market because we have a habit to support. Yep. yep. So we're much more likely to go be using those secondary markets where people don't get paid royalties. Whereas new writers are so cute. They're like, is $29.99 a normal price for a book? Yes, it is. Actually, that's <laughs> a deal. <laughs> Yeah, you should yep. get five. <laughs> 100%. And then share more with friends. Let's go. And, yeah, get that for your friends and tell them to get the next one. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when people ask why that is, and if I'm going over time, I apologize. But when I teach, you know, marketing and to writers, I say we have such a strange product. All right. Because there's two types of goods when you're doing any kind of sales. There's a low consideration purchase. There's a high consideration purchase. Yep. Low consideration purchase is toilet paper. Who's not buying this? Right. And yet we see ads for it. We see coupons for it. No mm -hmm. one is advertising Sherman in hopes to 
convert people into using toilet paper. Okay? Right, right. Just their brand of it. Exactly. Whereas yeah. a high intensive, you know, a high consideration product is like a Corvette. Nobody gets a Corvette for practical purposes. Right. Or my Mac, you know, my Mac book pro you know yes it doesn't get viruses but look how cute and adorable and intellectual i like sitting at starbucks <laughs> it's it's emotionally driven <laughs> sure. so for your avid reader who knows they're going to consume books book ads work because all you're doing is convincing them of what they were going to buy anyway yep yeah. Whereas the people who are not your voracious read all the time which is like 93 percent of the population they never see those ads because they believe that is an activity they do not enjoy, let alone want to spend money on it. Yep. So books become kind of this weird middle ground thing where, you know, low intensive generally doesn't cost a lot of money, like a tube of toothpaste. You buy it. You don't like the taste. You throw it away unless you're my mother. And then you use the whole thing and complain the entire time. And you have the other side, which is, you know, if I'm going to go get a jet ski or I'm going to go to Europe, I'm going to put a lot of money on this. So I start doing my friends and family and what I'm seeing. I mean, I wasn't immune. I kept hearing sure. enough about Twilight that finally it's like, okay, fine. Why a yep. glittery vampires? Let me try it. Yep. You know, yep. And I was like, okay, Same. I can see why people would like the book. I mean, I'm not immune to peer pressure. Yeah. But how many times did people hear Harry Potter or Twilight or Hunger Games or Wool or The Martian before they finally were like, the only one I don't see it on, and sorry for anybody that hates on me out there, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I saw and a little bit about that. The only book I've ever heard fans say the first 120 pages or so are really rough. But once you get past that, I'm like, who gives anything 120 pages? Right. I've tried it on audio. I've tried the movie. I've tried I, it, just didn't stick. But I did try, and the gentleman who is no longer with us made a lot of money as his family did. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you can start thinking in terms of I'm putting out all this money in ads, well, what, well, who are you really advertising towards? You're advertising to people like us who mainline books, Yep. which is great. But where the blog kind of comes in is these are kind of your people that they need to kill some time on a lunch break. And so yep. they get familiar with your writing on a blog or a podcast or whatever. And then when you come out with a book, they feel vested. They're like, oh, I've known her since forever. Right. <laughs> And yeah. those are going to be people who, by and large, will be much more passionate because they're not the people who are just eating through book after book. After. I mean, I get hit by an ice cream truck and Audible's going under. <laughs> like, if, if you see suddenly Audible stocks tank, you need to call and check for proof of life for nice. me. Because, yeah, I'm just they're losing money on that. The one where you get all the stuff you want to listen to for free. So they're right. not because I will discover authors through that and then just eat through the rest of their list. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's a fun job. I don't think most of us would. It's kind of weird to say that we wouldn't change jobs because literally the market makes us change jobs about every six to eight months. <laughs> right. Right. It's not the same job that it was at all when we started at all. No. And I, even the I mean, way that we yeah, the way that we produce it or push it out or publish, uh, how how frequently we publish, all of it's changed. Well, and I'm like you in the respect of I'm a control freak as well, because I tried going through smaller publishers. And every time I was like, there was not a time I did not get my cover that I didn't cry. And I remember when the Devil's Dance came out, I got the, I mean, they made me answer all these questions about it. And it's it's basically legally blonde meets killing floor. 
Okay, it's a it's a gritty cart story about a cartel, but the main character is essentially your fish out of water whose life has just gone completely into the toilet, and she is being blackballed to the point that she has to go home to this Jerry Springer crazy as a bag of cats family in a trailer park. <laughs> and she shows back home and all of a sudden this town, which is where Waterburger went to die, <laughs> suddenly has all these multi-million dollar estates and, a polite, and, she, and there's this newfound wealth okay. that's in the town. And so, you know, I came out with this idea. I wanted to write something that I would like to do. And so I got a small publisher. They loved it. And <laughs> I answer all these questions on this questionnaire. <laughs> And I get my cover and I'm like, it looks like she's talking to God about her period. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> she's in like this lacy top and she's got the wavy blonde hair and it's got Death Valley behind her. I'm like, okay, Texas is not Death Valley. What <laughs> and the she's heck? kind of got this, you know, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> and so I, I got my rights back to that one. That's got the kick-ass green cover on it now. But yeah, yeah I'm like you. It's just like, I, I don't know if I can be pleased. Maybe I can be. Maybe my standards are too stupid. But I, I you just. Have good standards. You, gotta, you, you know what you want and what, you know what you like. You got to stick with that, you know? Well, there's I certain think. things that like I'm yeah. not going to be so picky on. And then there's other stuff that, yes, this is the ride or die stuff. Like your cover yeah. is ride or die. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was nothing on that other cover that would make someone go, oh, out of this whole panel of thumbnails, let me get that one. Right, right. <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, too funny. Well, but, obviously, yeah, you, all you're... the covers I've gotten have been great because I have a really great designer. I He's actually retired, but I call him a badger. And I'm like, please, I'll pay you extra. And he's like, okay, okay. Yeah, I should make more friends because I could probably save more money. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's lots of really great creative people out there. There's probably hundreds of people you there can are, but we have been locked away so long i know right just not COVID really just, writers anyway <laughs> covid just really did a number on us i'll tell you it's just been it's so it's been so nice to get out into these writers conferences again and, and start talking to people and seeing them face to face and and just oh it's such a breath of fresh air and like idaho i mean it was so fantastic just that like i've never i never thought of, i would love boise like never been there until obviously uh, the conference. It was just so lovely to be in that conference center to see all of the people that were there. And to every like speaker walk. was fantastic, right? And even though they so had good. very different ways of coming at you know whatever topic it was, you know, you know, for anyone listening to this, I mean, you don't ever have to completely adopt the whole whole oh, yeah. anything. I mean, good. I say good writers borrow, great writers steal, and I stole that off someone somewhere. <laughs> but uh, you know, the you know, you take like uh, Candy Havens is amazing, and I was a brand new author. It was my first conference, and she introduced the idea of fast draft, where you wrote your novel in two weeks. I'm like, without being on cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> like this is real. Like that's and a thing. So I was like, you know, obviously I wasn't published and, you know, I wanted to be. So I was like, well, I'll try it, which I found out I could write a book in two weeks. I wow. also found out I could not write a book in two weeks if I wanted use of my hands. Okay. So yeah. I had to like change that. But fast drafting because of my brain worked well for me because I tend to like to deep dive and go off on tangent. Okay. And it makes me finish. So I've learned to just put in like, if I can't figure out where I'm going, I'll put in all caps. 
something really amazing happens here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then I pick up at the next logical point yes. and it never fails. Like the boys in the basement will get to work and I'm like, oh, I had never thought of that on my own. Right? So, you know, that's I why love that. you know people like you and, you know, the bloggers are out there and the teachers are out there. Like we can pick and choose like, oh, this aspect works great. You know, this, uh, that didn't work well when my kid was little, but now that I'm older, it works great. And you just kind of start creating your own method. Yep. I don't care what it is as long as you're finishing books. Yeah. People absolutely. argue with me on my blog. I'm like, man, if you got to wear a tutu and rub yourself in body glitter by moonlight and you're finishing books, I don't care. Yeah. Just let me know yep. what the body glitter is. So maybe I can try it. <laughs> DM me. Because <laughs> you never know. Yeah, magical. Sure. Like I told you, we're the oldest profession. <laughs> yep. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> So but, I gotta, I gotta have you explain something that you, you stopped me in the hall when we got done with the, um, I had a, oh. a speech for the aspire for more conversation. And it's super funny because you, you stopped me in the hall to tell me something. And I actually seriously thought about putting, not, not putting the way you put it, which I want you to, to say in a second, but like telling them that kind of concept at the same time. But I knew like the, this particular speech, I'm trying to inspire them. You're so totally just kind of welcome to steal it. it. It's fine. I, I, I still, I still, I just always acknowledge the people I steal from. Cause when I teach uh, plot, a lot of it, I stole off Larry Brooks and I'm like, okay guys. Yeah. It's a lot of this. I ripped off Larry Brooks, go buy his book. It's awesome. It's not all right. him, but yeah. So, so you, but you, yeah, but yeah, you so obviously the aspiring writer. Yes. So tell, tell the story. I love it. I remember how this hit me, but I think when you blog enough, I think you spend enough time alone that you just quit caring what other people think. Like you go out in public and you, when you eat, you look like you just got out of prison because <laughs> you've been alone so long. <laughs> You're like, oh, I need to eat with my mouth closed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you just get to a point where you just don't necessarily care because you're in the zone. And I can't remember where it was, but somebody had something about aspiring writers and I just went off on it. And so I remember when I went to speak, I love playing this trick on people just because it's funny. It is. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so everyone listening to this, you're gonna you're gonna know ahead of time it's a trick. It's a trap. <laughs> so, but it's but a I wonderful keynote, one. I'd be like, okay, are there any aspiring writers in the room? Raise your hand. And they're all proud of themselves and they're raising their hand. And I'm like, okay, is everybody because you paid for a conference? If you're an aspiring writer, raise your hand. And they'd raise their hand. I was like, okay. Now I want you to take that hand and I want you to hit yourself with it really, really hard and never call yourself <laughs> aspiring again. Like, you just dropped like a freaking grand to come to a conference. You're not aspiring yeah. because, you know, we look at how many writers out there, they have, you know, 15 novellas and three novels. I don't care if they're good or not. You know, yeah. they got a million words in between three different hard drives and they can't call themselves a writer. I'm like, Writer's mm -hmm. right. It's like literally in the definition. Yep. You know, yep. so the term I prefer, and I totally ripped this off on someone too. I forget who, but is the term pre-published. Mm. Because as long as you're aspiring, it's the Yoda thing. There is no try. There is no try, only do. Yep. And it does shift your mindset because if you go, I'm a pre-published author, you're yep. more likely to feel okay about putting out money for that website. Or whatever doodad you need learning Excel. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you're not going to feel as guilty about sitting down to write. That's the other reason I really kind of, I really love the writers having a blog. And if you don't want to have a blog, it's totally fine. But as I said, it plays to a writer's strengths. Writers write. And yep. what you can say to people is you can say, I'm a pre-published author. 
my book isn't out yet, but here's my blog where you can yep. sample some of my writing. And that. it gives you just a little, that bit of confidence that we need because all of us have crippling imposter syndrome. We do. Yeah. I mean, I unless I our name it. rhymes with Stephen King and I'm pretty sure maybe he even has imposter syndrome. I think but, he has said so in his book on writing. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. Time, that was like a million time. years ago. I wonder if he still has it. That's true. That's doppelganger who's still writing books. has it. Right. Yeah. Cause he's mostly like, on Twitter bitching out everybody. <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, well, you know, just a lot of words. I, you know, and it's so funny cause we didn't have YA when we were growing up. Like our yeah. parents were just so thrilled. We were reading like, what are you reading? It <laughs> flowers <laughs> in the attic <laughs> books about that's incest. <laughs> Cause why not? <laughs> was such but, a you know, series too. <laughs> But it, it is a shift in mindset because if you say I'm pre-published, then you at least have a goal and yep. you're more likely to be okay with spending money and dedicate so much time to writing. Uh, I pay for a name, which is just like a stupid looking message board. We've been running it since 2012. We've been going strong since for about eight years. We meet in the chat room every day and we have for eight years. That's amazing. Monday through Friday, and we sprint from eight in the morning till whenever we just tap out and give up. Got it. And it isn't just writing. You can say, hey, guys, my hands hurt. I'm going to get up and do dishes this next sprint because it's just an hour at a time. And you'd be shocked how much you can get done with just a timer, some focus and some peer pressure to make sure yeah. you're staying on track. 100%. But, you know, I paid for it because I was like, I know they have groups like this in Facebook, but I don't have control of the group. I don't want to spend time moderating. I want to be a benevolent dictator of my own place. Like, there's no ads, yeah. no nonsense. You know, I'll kick people. I don't have to, but I'll kick people off if I have to. But it was just where you could go have like a writer water cooler. But because we do get a little weird being off <laughs> on our own. Um, yes, we do. And you do have the peer pressure, but you're not getting distracted with somebody may be wrong on the internet. I must go correct them, uh, <laughs> you know, or an go ad or a video. And so it's just, you know, I'd like to integrate that into my website. It's coming. It's on the things to do list, man. Right. We have so many things on our to-do to list all the time. We have, we wear so many hats these days as authors. It's crazy. Well, I was totally convinced I was going to have servants by this point. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also when I thought that an 187,000 word book was actually a real thing too. So. Hey man, if you're writing epic fantasy, it probably could have been. Yeah. Well, not too much. <laughs> sort of like when they would say, you need to start your book in the action. I'm like, okay, so I had a car chase and a bomb and some ninjas, which is kind of weird because it's a women's fiction, but. Because <laughs> why not? Hey man, you could have like ninjas who are women. Yeah. I was like, that's not what they're meaning by starting in the action. But I also mm -hmm. had fun with it because I didn't understand. I mean, what people fail to understand is you didn't really learn how to write in school. Okay. Yeah. Your teacher didn't give a crap that you used 15 metaphors on page one because the goal was to teach you how to use a friggin' metaphor, not to make you publishable to a large mass market audience. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, you know, think of, I don't know if you went to college, but I just assume people did. You know, yeah. what was the longest thing you wrote in college? Mm. And I had a writing intensive degree. I have a degree in political economy. Right. And the longest thing I wrote was a 60 page paper and 12 of those pages were citations. Sure. Sure. You know, I'm, to think. I'm not even sure. I think the longest thing I wrote was actually in eighth grade when I wrote my first novel. 
And that wasn't even an assignment. It was just like, yeah, but that's what I I'm got saying an idea. Is people act like you learn how to write in school. You really don't. No. I mean, you can learn nonfiction in school, but as far as a novel and it's like, okay, let's just take a, a hundred thousand words. A nice, we're not in epic fantasy, but we're not in yeah. a novella, you know, that you have to get five acts. Cause I count normal world and denouement, normal world, yep. act one, act two, act three, denouement. We got to get character arc, plot arc, dialogue. It has to make sense. You can't have redundant characters. Uh, all of these plates that you have to juggle at the same time over the span of anywhere from 50 to 150,000 words. Yeah. That is not easy. No. I mean, I thought it, it really was isn't. 180,000 <laughs> That's, that's so fair. Easy. Uh, but you know, so that's why I started blogging about craft because I was literally trying to teach myself craft and I was too poor yeah. for an MFA. <laughs> sure. Sure. That makes sense. You know, so I was going and I was reading some of my favorite craft books and then I would go talk about it on the blog. I wasn't the expert. I was just like, this is what Les Edgerton said. And let me expound on that. And then like a few years in, suddenly people were asking me for advice. I'm like, you think I know what I'm doing? Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> I still feel that way. I think we <laughs> all think do. Like the I'm more doing. we learn, the less we know, I swear. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to some of the presentations in Idaho and I'm like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm going to make friends with these people. <laughs> you can't do that, Kristen. You have to be like, wow, look at all the abundance of information and like knowledge in this room and just know that like you have everything's figure outable. So if there was in, inside, well, yeah, it is. Things, That's why like, I'm going to make great. friends with them because I don't want to figure it outable. Yeah, but yeah, you're <laughs> going to have to figure it out by asking them. them. <laughs> I'm going to make friends with them. I don't want to learn it. <laughs> Ross Moses, it becomes yours. We are not alone. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm an I love amazing that. editor. You need a proofreader. I need to know what mojo you're using over there. Break it down into small sentences, tiny words. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, somebody, I mean, I am so, you know, I, we have one of our regular writers, Grace Maria. She's doing these dragon Mr. Darcy books and they're fantastic. And I mean, she is the most organized person on the planet. She's got spreadsheets for her spreadsheets. And she's just, I look at her and I'm just like, what kind of witchcraft are you using? <laughs> and then she comes up from Houston to visit me. And like my whole desktop is full of all this stuff that I thought was cool that I've screenshotted. And it's like all over my nice. screen. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's fun. It's great. But, so how do you just have this stuff everywhere? I'm like, well, I can kind of figure out where it is. But it's searchable. Yeah. It's fine. Well, you know, just because you <laughs> want to go global domination, you outsource, you get the people who can make it happen. <laughs> yes, I agree. I completely agree with that. At a certain point, you just have to be like, I can't do everything. Here's someone else's job. <laughs> that's fine. Well, that's why I'm so glad that the writers' conferences are coming back because I that is some advice I would give is just whether you come to Wanna Tribe, wherever you find your people, you don't have to do this stuff by yourself. And if you try to do it by yourself, it's a ticket to being crazier than you probably already are trying to be a writer. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, whether, and I would say pay for it, but again, I, that's why I still like the networking because they can keep you from getting ripped off. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, those sure. are the people that can get you to a new cover designer. Like, so I can leave Corey to his regular job and not keep bribing him out of his day job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like change. Whole, yeah. There's many of us that are like that. I completely Aren't understand. Yeah, we're like an enigma wrapped in a puzzle and a conundrum. We're like, you know, yes. everything's changing all the time. We're kicking things over and then we're like, we don't like change. We wanted to stay the right. same after we just kicked it over. 
Yeah. And we're the one that, yeah, you're right. I'm right there with you. We just kicked it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. Right. <laughs> you're like, was it better the other way? But, oh, I got to start all over again. Yeah. I don't know. We're disruptor types of personalities, which is great because this definitely was a market that needed disruption. For sure. In fact, if you, I should probably put some of my blogs together that would give like the history of publishing 2.0. That'd be super fascinating. 5.0. I would love that. Like, my blog started out doing commentary on Borders versus Barnes and Noble. Wow. That <laughs> is All craziness. the way down to when Barnes and Noble dropped off the New York Times bestseller list. I wrote one that went viral like amazingly well. It was called Goliath Has Fallen. Mm. And it went truly viral because I had friends who were authors who were like, my daughter's a stockbroker. And she called me and told me if I'd seen this article. And I was like, I've been following her for years. But I went through like kind of the history of things. And then when companies get to a point that they're only their debt is the most valuable thing that they have to offer. Right. And that's when you know that that something's going really badly wrong. But, you know, what's been frustrating with the publishing industry and maybe you've had this is that we are idea people. Mm-hmm. And we're yep. like, but you could do this and you could do this and you could do this and you could do this. And they're like, no, they will always. And you're like, come on, it isn't working. Just, yep. I feel like Jerry Maguire, like help me help you. <laughs> yes. And they're so slow to make changes. Yeah. Why? And I'm like, okay, Barnes and Noble, put a bar in there. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Put, yeah. put a wine bar, pair some wine with it, partner with a wine bar. I'm telling you. Tipsy people buy stuff they didn't even know they wanted. <laughs> Fair. You can still have you, both ends. Wine bar on one side and you can have the coffee shop on the other. Hmm? Yes, but I don't like the coffee shop and I don't want to get some haters out there because what happens is you get the person that nurses the $5 coffee and then uses you as a lending library. Oh. See, so drinking people, <laughs> ones will be like, so that's, you're saying this is a self-help inspirational Christian erotica? Okay. okay. I get 50% <laughs> off the next one. Hit me up. I have a sister-in-law that's going to make her <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Amish erotica, 50 shades of hay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I <laughs> know <laughs> hey, you can dress me up. You can't take me anywhere. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> See oh. folks, this is why they don't let me out. <laughs> Speaking of that, Kristen, maybe we should go to the whole, if people want to find out more about you part, <laughs> where do they go to learn more about you, your books, everything that you do, like get down the well, water. There's that service you can that? pay for to look for a criminal record. <laughs> right. Other than that one. Other than that one. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, wow. All of a sudden my, my mic's being weird. Uh, truthfully, if you Google Kristen Lamb author, it'll take you every, the blog is the best kind of my home base where I'm always going to be. You know, I, I kind of, tiptoe across LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and then get back to my thing. But uh, I'm always accessible on the blog. And if you leave comments, I give away all kinds of cool stuff. Like I look at your pages and tell you what to fix. Or if I really like them, I send them on to agent friends. Nice. So, so I have a contest that I always run in my, in my comments section. Buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> Just spam people. I don't know you buy my book. <laughs> Right. It'd be fine. It'd be great. Yeah. I kept everything kind of the same. I think if you get Kristen Lamb TX Texas, that's going to find me on Instagram, which I'm only there to make my pictures look better. I haven't. <laughs> it's a selfie. Hold on before the makeup settles in. Let's get it on Instagram to get some good lighting. Right. Right. I'm with you on that. Hey, I, I told you I have no shame. You know, I just think 
I think you need to find your wheelhouse and it isn't that I'm not going to be exploring new things. I was waiting for the technology to get like, yes, I, w- I was an early adopter to podcasting, but you needed like a broadcasting degree to figure that crap out. Right. right. It's becoming wait. So I was like, I'm going to take what I learned from it. I'm going to wait until the tech gets easier to use. Yeah. So like, if you follow me on my blog, you're pretty much going to know whatever I'm up to. Cause I'm not doing a newsletter because I've got enough email. So I don't do that to other people yet. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you know, it may be coming, but that's, that's just a hub where I'm, I, I think I said in my last post, I'm like, guys, I'm here. You're stuck with me. So unless like something happens to me or the internet goes down, I will be here at some point. If you awesome. just go under Kristen Lamb and Google it, you can pretty much find whatever you need. And I'll make sure that it's in the show notes for this podcast episode as well. So obviously it makes it a little easier to just go find you and like link on over right away. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm lazy. I just Google. (laughs) But you know, I mean, we're getting into a world that's so weird. It's so dichotomous and that we just work, we never stop working, but we keep inventing things to let us rest more, but we just do that so that we can do more. Yeah. 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 That doesn't work well. Yeah. So, but thank you for having me on. I hope, I don't know if I answered all your questions or. You answered everything wonderfully, Kristen. Thank you for being here and and sharing all of your wealth of knowledge. We're going to have to have you back because I know that you are so knowledgeable, like about characters, about story arc, about story structure. And obviously we kind of touched on all of these things here, but I I knew that I wanted to bring you on and, and talk about like your overarching theme first so that people get a taste of like who you are because you're just hilarious and funny and like everything that you do it's like since I've known of your blog and of of you from back in the day it's like god I love this woman she's so funny and like being I have no shame person, I'm like I love it. it I mean what's the worst thing that can happen it doesn't work out it's so great you know I love it try podcasting okay I tried it I liked it but I'm gonna wait for that you know you know, I did feature writing, even though I was like, aren't magazines going away? Yeah, they did. <laughs> After I wrote a couple of really nice features. But you know, that's just kind of how you'll be shocked when you go out and you try things that you may end up into something that you're like, I never thought that I would enjoy that. And yet I found my jam. Yeah. Or you can at least go there and go, nope. <laughs> and <laughs> that then was you not know why. I, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you can always turn it into a funny story. I mean, Right. You know, I was so, I guess, what is the word, touchy over my first novel in the beginning. And then when I learned to kind of lighten up and start making fun of it and just saw it for what it was, like, it was just me learning. It was just me playing. Yeah. And I kind of miss, I wish I could go back to that Kristen Lamb sometimes. Sure. Because before you know the rules and before you know, rules, what are those? I don't want them to inhibit my creativity. Right. Rude. <laughs> Why would you do and that? And now that you know, I'm like, no, I can't. And I, I miss, I'd like to get more of that Kristen Lamb back. Yeah. You know, the first one, she needed a playpen. <laughs> she's, in her, <laughs> she's in everything. Just, just like, playpen with a lid on it. I think we call it a dog crate. But nice. yeah, lock her up. And now that I've learned all that stuff, now it's like, I'm almost like tentatively getting out to that playful self again. And, you know, all writers yeah. to one degree or another, you're going to go through that. That's why you start with the pre-published. Just start with, I'm pre-published. You're yep. going to be a baby writer. There's awesome things to that in that you're going to be too dumb to know how dumb you are. Yep. And that's <laughs> and, okay. That's okay. And it's okay because you're going to miss those days. And yes, then you're you going to get in those days like learning piano where you're learning like the chords 
and nothing is fun and nothing you write is great. And then you're going to start getting the hang of it. And then hopefully more of that playful part will come in. But yes. like you were saying with this industry changing, we're always going to have to kind of go back and be that, that amateur, that neophyte again, and be willing to learn. Yeah. If you're willing to learn and you're, you're willing to laugh at yourself, you'll get really far. I agree with you on that. And you have to have fun with this industry because of the fact that it's changing, it's shifting so much. So having, having fun and allowing it to be fun is so critical. It really is. Cause well, otherwise because it'll come yourself. out in your writing. Like if you're yep. just, if you're just in this daily grind of, I've got to do it, I've got to do it. I've got, it's going to come out in your writing. Yeah. Like people, I mean, I'm going to, I promise I don't make friends to take hostages. You're going to have to cut me off at one point, but I do <laughs> tell people like, they're like, what's the best form of social media. I'm like the one you enjoy. Yeah. Because if I go and tell you, you need to blog and you would rather be waterboarded than blog, <laughs> people are going to feel that. Like it's, yeah. it isn't going to come across as positive. Whereas I haven't quite figured out how TikTok sells books just because I don't need another thing to do right at the moment. I will look at it. Yeah. But I'm like, if you really are good at it and you love it, clearly it's working for some people. It, it's it's like years ago, we were in Weight Watchers and we were all having the argument over what was the best exercise for losing weight. And then the instructor came in or the leader or whatever they call it in Weight Watchers. And um, she says, oh, well, do you know what the best exercise for losing weight is? And we're all like, oh, tell us, please. She's like, the one you're going to do. Mm. We're like, Touché. that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And the same it. thing with what you teach and I teach <laughs> and everybody else, like, you can go find all these other things. And ultimately the one you're going to do. Yep. That's going to be the best one. Absolutely. Or at least the one that you can make yourself do because you're pre-published now. You are no longer aspiring. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are an author. Boom. Exactly. Agreed. And as you go along, you know, I am a pre-internationally best-selling legendary Netflix making author. I didn't think that out, but you know, <laughs> you, 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 you keep making bigger, bigger. Yes, bigger and bigger goals. Aspire for more. We'll exactly. even say. Kristen Lamb's, Kristen Lamb's series on Netflix are going to be so popular that when right. people don't watch Netflix, stocks go down, they cry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. See, that eight is becoming a lot more apparent right now, isn't it? It, it kind of is. <laughs> the yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it. Well, thank you so yeah. much for having me on here. I don't want to let you go because I'm having fun. Yeah, I don't want to let you go either. I don't talk writing. <laughs> well, we books again. I'm like, we will have you so back 100% because we're going to have to talk about like even your talk that you had done at, in Idaho about the villains and like oh, talking about villains and all those awesome. things. Yeah, so and hold I had tight. To we're going to have you rock. back and do it. And they tried to kill me in that room. So it's amazing that what? people loved it. Wow. That's well, amazing. It was so hot and there and the lights were up. Mm. And I thought I was gonna pass out. Oh no. <laughs> so like, and then the the lights were shining off the screen. So I couldn't see my own PowerPoint. And I have 2500 vision up close. So okay. I couldn't see my screen and I couldn't see this screen. And I was like, finally, I was like, screw it, we're gonna riff it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> gonna and I go and staggering out of the room like water, water. <laughs> and everybody's like you're so amazing I'm like really because I kind of wanted to die the entire time <laughs> I was pretty it's, much praying for death yeah it, it, it gets a little bit crazy when you're in those rooms and you're giving information and obviously if you can't see what the heck you're doing you're having to go off I mean Becca Syme poor lady her her entire presentation at the end there wasn't working like the oh I know I was like, laughing at her I was like because I had joked I was on the self-publishing panel 
and yep. people are like, readers want paper, you know, writers tend to get like highfalutin about it. I'm like, I don't care. Paper, digital, audio. If you want my book acted out in inspirational dance, we can talk money and make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I do not Love care. It. And so I had just said that. And then she came in for her presentation and she's doing all this. And I was like, oh, it can be done. I just saw a PowerPoint acted out in inspirational dance. <laughs> nice. Love it. Oh, but that's the key to it is just, yeah, you're going to get knocked down, but you just get up and laugh about it and blog about it. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and just keep having fun with it. Exactly. And I can't wait to come back. I hope to yeah. uh, talk soon and just thank you for, thank you for letting me on here. I can yeah. hang out with other writers. Thank you for coming here. <laughs> I was so excited that you were here. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Didn't I tell you Kristen is hilarious? <sighs> okay, did you take account? Did you like write down how many times you started giggling out loud because of her funny sense of humor? I seriously was like, I should do a drinking game based on this because she is so freaking funny. Maybe that would be a bad idea. You, we'd be completely inebriated after like five minutes because she's so great. Oh my gosh. Well, guys, hopefully you have now fallen in love with Kristen as much as I have. Make sure that you check out her blog and join the Wana tribe if that's something that you really want to do. I will have links to everything up in the show notes today so that you can check out her blog, check out the Wana tribe, check out her books, and just get to know Kristen a little bit better if you don't know her already. Obviously, she's been around a lot longer than I have. She's been around doing this thing, you know, helping authors to really be heard and be seen and understand things. She's definitely a wonderful resource of knowledge and insight that you're going to want to tap into. So check her out. I love her to pieces. And all you have to do to get the links or to figure out where to go to find her is head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 196. You'll get all the links there. I'll have the podcast transcript there and available for you to download as well. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Keep in mind, too, we're sitting here at the middle of August, and so that means you still have some time to get in on our pre-launch pricing for four books, five days. That is the new course that's talking about mastering AI-enhanced series planning. It's basically taking the three-day plan your series challenge that I've done and bringing it to the next level. We're revolutionizing things yet again with AI. It's not something that I feel we need to be afraid of. I love everything that Joanna Penn has been doing for a very long time. And this is kind of my take on how I've been using AI, how I've been incorporating it to make my series creation even better, even faster. And I know that you're going to really love it too. So if you're interested in that, the link will also be in the show notes, or you can head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash four books, five days. That's the number four books the number five days. And you can get all the insights right there, figure out whether or not you want to join and get in on that pre-launch pricing because you will not see it for this price ever again. This is like the pre-launch price. This is the thing that I'm doing as we get ready to launch the thing for the very first time. So enjoy that. So for me, I am just going to keep on working on this course, writing all the words in the rom-com I'm creating and yeah, doing all the things like that you should be writing too. So get to it. <laughs> Go forth and start your author revolution.
This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people. Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.